Are you ready to unleash your full potential and become unstoppable in your success and leadership? Welcome to the Unleashed and Unstoppable podcast, where we provide powerful insights and strategies for coaches, corporate leaders, and entrepreneurs. I'm Alexanne Carter. And I'm Carol Register, and we're certified master neuro coaches who are passionate about helping you overcome your limiting beliefs and optimize your performance. Each week, we'll be sharing actionable tips and strategies using neuroscience, from interviews with industry experts to solo episodes to help you lead a life of power, purpose, and possibility on your own terms. Join our community of like-minded individuals. Hit subscribe now and let's be unleashed and unstoppable together. I am so, so excited to introduce you today, a great friend of mine, Tanessa Shears. And oh man, what can I say about Tanessa? What can I not say about Tanessa? I mean, all about biohacking our productivity, right? Biohacking our productivity, really about reaching that peak performance without burnout. And I know that's something that Tanessa and I have in common, really taking us down for being able to be at our best without burning out, right? Without really putting our health at risk for us to be able to operate from optimal levels of performance, feeling well-rested, well-energized, and being able to really truly focus on what's important to us with our businesses, with our teams, so we can truly show up as the best leader that we can be. So I'm so excited to have Tanessa here today to talk about really how to maximize your productivity with optimal sleep, right? Really unlocking the power of sleep for increased energy, focus and success so that you can, yeah, really be the best leader you can be in both your business and your leadership. Welcome, Tanessa. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation. So let's just dive in. We're talking about biohacking the sleep. Like we hear this a lot, right? I am so exhausted. I feel so tired. I don't have the energy. I can't focus. Where does the listener begin? Oh, we need to start looking obviously at the number one place. I feel that a lot of that fatigue stems from, and it is our sleep. And I have to tell you, I have worked with a lot of high performers, leaders and entrepreneurs, and this is what we'll say. My sleep is fine. It's just that I have so much on my to-do list. I'm just so busy. I don't have time for myself. But what most people don't really understand is that there's a different thing or a difference between spending time in bed with your eyes closed and actually restoring your physical body and your brain during sleep so that when you wake up the next day, you are refreshed, focused, clear, and well-rested. And that is going to be having you showing up in your business or your job, feeling very clear and moving through your to-do list, not getting distracted by everything and eliminating that pesky brain fog that really is slowing us down. So what do we begin? Because, you know, I know we all, many of us probably walk around with our smartwatches that let us know like our sleep and we're tracking it. What are we looking out for and how do we improve that? So we really are getting that optimal levels of sleep. Yeah. First things first is we have to look at how much sleep we're actually getting. Now, unless you're actually tracking it with a wearable tracker, whether that be a Fitbit or an aura ring or a whoop band or something like that, we actually have no way of knowing how much awake time we have each night because most people don't know this, but I analyze the data from these wearable trackers for all of my entrepreneur clients. And the average entrepreneur is awake about an hour 15 every single night. And so now think about this. Let's say you go to bed at 1130 and you're up at six. 
So really you're in bed, what, seven and a half hours. If you're awake for that hour to hour and 15, you're maybe clocking six and a half hours of sleep, even though you're in bed, what you feel like is enough time. So naturally your brain is not getting enough time asleep. So this is the difference. I think the very first thing we need to hit on is the difference between sleep opportunity and time asleep. So if let's just assume you're not tracking and you don't know how much time you're awake every night, we need to take how much time you want to be asleep, which should be to start seven hours at a minimum to get our body refreshed and add on at least an hour. So if we are not in bed enough time to allow us to be asleep for seven hours, we're going to feel really groggy. Our brain is going to feel like it can't get fired up in the morning. So that's the first part for sure. Wow. And that's, you know, how many of us are like literally really only calculating the time that we're being, well, I guess sleeping quote unquote, Mm -hmm. right. But not taking in account those that interrupted sweet sleep. Sorry. And I've seen that, right. Like the patterns of like the deep sleep and the REM sleep and the light sleep. Can you speak into that as well to maybe help the audience better understand like, okay, I get that. I kind of see that where should I be focusing on and how do, well, I guess that would be my next question. Like, how do we improve it? How do we take it to the next level? Yeah. So the two main phases that happen while we sleep are deep sleep, which is physical restoration. So let's say you had a really hard workout during the day. That is what is going to help us physically recover from that workout. So our body and our physical brain is restored for the next day. So if you ever feel kind of really physically groggy and foggy, it may be just a lack of deep sleep. Now, on the other hand is REM sleep or dream sleep. That's REM stands for rapid eye movement. Now, this is when we actually get our mental restoration. So you know those days where you feel really creative, you feel mentally sharp, you feel like you're really emotionally stable for the day. That's a day you likely got enough REM sleep. And so if you are lacking in REM sleep, you are much more likely to be emotionally volatile. Like those days where you're a little more snappy, you're irritable, you don't show up with integrity as a leader, you might be a little more um, fiery than usual, let's just say. And it's also the, the fascinating thing about REM sleep in general is it allows you to be more socially intelligent. So for me, in my situation, when I'm working with a client, my job is to be able to read their facial expressions and body gestures to know if I'm hitting on something that makes sense, if they seem confused, if they're leaning back. And if I can't pick up on that, whether it's with my team or a client, I'm not going to be doing my job effectively. So when you are looking at your sleep and if you are choosing to sacrifice sleep quality, it's really looking at, do I want to sacrifice my emotional stability the next day? Do I want to sacrifice my ability to communicate with my team clearly and read into what's going on to them? Or do I just not want my body to be physically restored? So the second part of that question you asked is like, well, how can I protect these different areas? The simplest thing you can do, and we can get into some other biohacks after, the simplest thing you can do is be as consistent as possible with your sleep start and end time. And the reason for that is the majority of our deep sleep, that's that physical restoration, happens early in the night, 10, 11, 12, 1. Dreaming happens in the early morning hours, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Now, I want you to think about this. On the weekend, let's just say you stay up till 1 You don't just miss a couple hours of sleep, even if you make up from the morning, but you could chop out 50, 60, 70% of your deep sleep and you do not make that up by sleeping in in the morning. So by constantly fluctuating your start and end time, you're basically deciding what type of restoration you're going to go without the next day. And it seems like something that's one of those arbitrary rules, but it really is based in the fact that our body functions on a clock. And when we deviate from that clock, we give ourselves the experience of jet lag and compromise how much quality we can get for our sleep. 
Mm, that explains then, you know, when we have our change, you know, just that one hour difference, right? Oftentimes the next day you kind of feel really out of it because I, I know the last time I was like, you kind of feel like you just got off a plane, but that makes perfect sense, right? Because you are fairly consistent and all of a sudden just that one hour can really throw you off. So let's just drive that point home. Yeah. And if you think about too, there's like the amount of car accidents and heart attacks and cardiovascular incidents mostly happen on Monday morning because on Friday we shifted our sleep rhythm and then shifted it again Sunday night to go back into the week. And this little shift, it seems so innocuous, but it is at the crux of so much of our mental clarity, whether we're driving on the road, whether we're in a boardroom or whether we're working with clients or, you know, even in our physical health, the stress on our physical body from constantly adjusting those times. And like you said, super important. So that's that. I mean, that's powerful. I didn't know that statistic, but to think about that, right? So consistency is key with your sleep, with when you go to bed and when you wake up. So got that point down. What are some other tips? So we, we've got the consistency piece, but to also build in routine. I mean, mm-hmm. I know you and Tanessa, you have an amazing sleep routine and, and, you know, we hear a lot about morning routines and setting yourself up for, for the day. And, and I've heard, you know, I think it was Mike, Michael Hyatt mentioned about this before, how your your next day actually starts the night before with your sleep. So thinking about that and thinking about your night routine, what are some yeah tips you can share with the audience about setting themselves up that night before for the next day and looking at what that night routine can look like? Yeah. So from the neuroscience perspective, this is what I like to look at is the most important thing we're thinking of when it comes to our brain clarity and how it relates to sleep is that concept we touched on briefly called circadian rhythm. It basically means our body's 24 hour clock. Now there are different ways we can feed our brain information that affects this clock. So a really good example that I want to highlight is light is one of the most potent sources of information for our brain and our circadian rhythm. So when you're talking about, well, what do I do with my night routine so that I have high quality sleep? I start to look at what are the things that have the greatest effect on the information we are giving our brain. So let's talk about light as a very potent source of information. Our brains, if you think back to like pre-indoor lighting era, it was basically the sun was up, it's day, the sun went down, it's night. But now with all of these indoor lights, as far as our brain knows, it's the middle of day all day. Now, if you were to take electricity out of it and you actually look at the sky, the sun rises are pink and yellow, right? Mm -hmm. And then it gets bright when the sun goes overhead. And at the end of the day, it gets orange and red as the sun sets. This was how our brain naturally synced to this clock. Now, here's how I like to tie that into our evening routine. How can we artificially simulate a sunset in our homes to cue our brains to get ready for proper sleep? And here's how we do it. There's three things when you think about your light. Number one is you want to take the intensity of the light down. So think of the middle of a day, the sun, how bright the sky is, and then right at sunset. So we want to take that dimness down. That's number one. And that could be, you know, dimmer switches. It can switch to, you know, lamps instead of bright fluorescent kitchen lights. The second thing we want to do is think about table lamps instead of overhead lights, because Mm -hmm. that sun does like to set in height, right? As it comes lower on the horizon. So I'm thinking things like low table lamps and turning off anything overhead. And the last thing our brain perceives is color. So instead of having our fluorescent screens in our eyes, which, you know, tells our brain it's the middle of the day, 
no melatonin, no sleep. This is great. Um, I always like to think of softer colored bulbs, specifically in our bedside table lamps and on our like end table lamps. So things like yellows, oranges, really warm colors. So basically we're switching off those lights, turning on warm yellow, orange, red lights. That's cueing our brain. Bedtime's coming. And if bedtime is coming, I should start producing more melatonin. Melatonin is that hormone that helps with the onset of sleep. Because if we stare into a screen all the way up to bedtime, our brain is basically like it's the middle of the day and then we turn the screens off and your brain's like, I need another couple hours to get going with the melatonin. And that is where that whole um, awake time that we alluded to earlier comes in. Because just because you're in bed, we need to think that your brain takes time to fall asleep. It wakes up in the middle of sleep cycles, even if you don't register it. There's all the times you wake yourself up or your kids, or you need to go to the washroom. And then there's the time you're waking up in the morning. So if we're going to try to reduce that. We really want to cue our brain to begin winding down a lot earlier. And one of the most powerful ways you can do that is with light. I'm curious to know around how much time, because I know there's like different discussions out there in terms of to, to, you know, we're looking at building this consistency, establishing going to bed, waking up at what time? Cause I'm, you know, my automatic would be like, you know, your bedtime routine as you're getting ready for bed. But I know you, and I know that for yourself, like it starts a little bit earlier than just like, say half an hour or so before it's time to go to bed. Yeah. So I'll explain the way I usually do it with clients. And then there's myself because keep in mind that this is my profession. I love it. And it is like everything to lean into this, but this is not always everyone's <laughs> preference to do that. So with most clients, when I, when I say, okay, the first thing we need to do is take control of your light. And that'll usually mean eliminating TV, that last minute Instagram scrolling before bed. And I usually get the deer in the headlights look of like, please don't make me take my phone. <laughs> don't take my phone. So I always think of like, what's something reasonable? And they'll normally offer me like 30 minutes. And I'm like, cool. Right now you're like on Instagram until you go to sleep. Let's start with 30 minutes. And I want you to build that in as a minimum baseline. You can achieve that. It feels doable because in that time, maybe you're brushing your teeth, getting your PJs on. There's some stuff that you're doing. So it doesn't feel like you're sitting there in that discomfort of not having the TV or the phone on. Then what I like to do is run experiments. So I say, okay, how about we try an hour just for this week? And if you get to the end of the week and you don't like it, you don't ever have to do it again. But if on the off chance, you all of a sudden start waking up feeling a lot more clear and less groggy and you're more focused during your days, you'll have had the experience of brain fog and of clarity, and you get to choose what you want to do with it. I just love that idea of experimenting and nothing has to be permanent, but I do like to have made that decision having had both experiences of optimized and groggy, because once you experience clarity like that, it's very hard to go back. Oh, I love that. And I love the invitation because a lot of times we can hear suggestions of like, you know, it's got to be this much time. It's got to be that much time, but you know, you listener, you get to be the judge of being mindful of the screen before bed and pick a, pick a time and stick to it. And then I love that invitation to then experiment with an hour. Right. And as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, my daughter's bedtime routine, right? Like we think about bath and then the story time and the brushing teeth. And we really think about, I mean, that's, it's about maybe about 45 minutes, an hour of really that nice routine while my brain's thinking, it's like, okay, we get to now dim the lights. <laughs> I'm seeing how that get in place. I'm curious about music. I'm really curious to know about music. Like, is there any science around putting any calming music or is, is there music that can signal, uh, can help to the brain to also help 
communicate that? Or are, would you say that more quietness could help that? I'm, I'm just this curious that something just came to mind. Yeah, I think music will be individual from person to person. Some people really like the silence. Um, one thing that I have found to be quite effective for myself and with my clients, there's a brain, uh, there's an app called Brain FM. And specifically how this app works is embedded in the music is a certain frequency that you can't detect to your ear. It just sounds like regular music, but our brain, the brain waves oscillate at different speeds. So right now, while you're listening to this and me and you are having this conversation, our brain waves are in beta right now. We are focused, alert, attentive. You're probably thinking about what I'm saying, what you're going to ask next. And that is how our brain is working. Now, there are also stages that occur between where we are now and sleep, even though as business professionals, we really like to think that we can just jump from one to the other. <laughs> But if we're thinking of like, okay, how can I really tap into those phases, which the next slower brainwave state down is called alpha. And it's, um, it's, it, it's with that feeling of calm and relaxed and peace, you know, that kind of just slowness, that slow living feeling that is the next one down and then into theta, which is like meditation daydreaming. And then Delta wave is deep sleep. So what this app does is it's essentially like a remote control for your brain in the sense that you can choose if you want to go into the alpha wave frequency, you put that on and our brains are amazing things. They like to sync with external stimuli. And so our brains will naturally grab onto that alpha wave activity and slow your brain down. So it is this way that I kind of like to use the neuroscience behind brainwave frequency and use music that way, especially for high performers that are like, what is relaxed? Like I get, I'm, I'm reading in a bath. Am I not relaxed? <laughs> like, no, no, it's not always necessarily what you're doing. It's how you're feeling. So the invitation I give many of my clients is okay. If you're having a hard time feeling that slowdown before sleep, this app will give you an idea of what the target feeling is, because sometimes when you're used to running at such a high speed, you have a hard time really tuning into what slow feels like because you've been running fast for so long. So sometimes I like that kind of like artificial invitation to kind of help you re-experience that. Well, I think that was kind of, I was wondering about music because mm. I immediately thought like when you're go, 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 right. I mean, a lot of times it's go, go, go crash. So you're crashing. That's where the sleep comes from. Not because you're actually setting yourself up for success for your sleep. And then I can only imagine what kind of sleep you're getting. So I just love this invitation of here are some things that you can do to help you transition from that go, go, go into a more calmer state. And I, as soon as you said that, I remember you introduced me to that app a while ago and I was using it more to wake up and, and start my day. And yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, I hadn't even thought about using it to fall asleep. So thank you for, for sharing that. So yeah. as we're wrapping up here, Tanessa, I mean, I know you have, you have such an extensive knowledge of all of this. Like, is there any other last little tidbits of things that you wish you knew on your journey that you find that your clients might say, man, I really wish I knew this sooner that you can share with the audience for them to really take away from today? I think it's two part. I think one feeling tired all day, every day is not normal. And if you think it is, I'm inviting you to question if you want it to be normal for you. Because we look around at everyone we know and in our family and everyone is so exhausted. I'm so tired, but I didn't want to live that way anymore. And there is a way to, I mean, this is not saying that you will never feel tired and you will feel like the energizer bunny. That's not that. 
It's if you are finding that your experience of your life is exhausting or tired, or you are feeling groggy, or like it takes you two cups of coffee to wake up in the morning. This is the invitation to just maybe consider the idea that your sleep might not be giving you what you need to perform at the level you want and start considering that there. I think that is point number one. And I think point number two that I think is that I don't think we really identify how much that constant low drip stress, how much of an effect that has on our overall energy and how much sleep can help mitigate the stress that we feel on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think we, we sometimes miss the boat and how important sleep is. And I, yeah, we try all the fun things like give me an exercise program. How, what's the newest diet thing? Um, like how many cups of coffee can I have? And not really like looking at how many of those problems would be solved. Like how many less of your workouts would you miss if you weren't so tired? Mm -hmm. Would you really be that snacky (laughs) if your insulin was working properly because you slept through the night last night? Would you really have responded that way to that troll in your inbox or that, you know, criticism from a client? if you weren't so tired, really looking at like how many of these problems in my life and the experience that I'm having would be different if I was well-rested. That's a great question. Now, my last question for you was what was a a single action step you'd invite the listener to take today? And I'm sure there's some wrapped up in there, but if, yeah, what would you say? Like, this is the thing to go and take action on. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like most sleep issues would be solved by going to bed on time. (laughs) That one thing. And this is something I do for some reason, it always ends up being a few weeks worth of coaching on is this concept of going to bed on time and it taking away from our me time. But my invitation is like, I want you to think how much more of your life you would experience during your evenings with your kids, with your family. If you had the energy to be present, would you feel like you needed so much me time in front of the TV at the expense of your sleep? So if you could pick a bedtime, just I invite you to try this, pick a bedtime six out of seven nights a week and honor that for two weeks. You'll have had both experiences and then you get to decide how you want to feel for the rest of your week. I love that. Pick a bedtime, come in for two weeks. And then is this experiment? It gets to be fun. Like, I think this is something I I want to drive home with, with leadership also gets to be fun. Like there's a lot of seriousness, right? And we know that sometimes leadership can be hard and experience all these pressures. So let's make this fun. And let's make sleep be fun, right? I, I've often been wanting to talk about paying yourself first. And the mm-hmm. S there is, is the sleep piece. And it's honestly, I think the thing that leaders especially will sacrifice first. And mm-hmm. then we think about like this optimal performance, right? And optimal performance of our teams and our businesses. And yet we are not taking care of number one, which is ourselves and ensuring that we're getting the rest that we need. Well, and I think part of it, just to wrap up on that, is that we're often caught in that like myth that if I just stay up later and get this done at the expense of sleep, I'll finally be able to catch up. That is a myth. If you are a high performer in any capacity, that goal list, that to-do list is forever going. And the idea that I'll just be a little more productive if I sleep less. Well, what if sleeping more, you were able to tap into your brain capacity and what took you eight hours takes you six? What would you do with two hours extra every day? Would you do an extra project? Would you start a workout routine? Would you learn how to cook? Sleeping gives you time back from the productivity you get. It does not take time. Powerful. 
powerful. I just want to let that land with everybody. So, Tanessa, I know you have an amazing gift for the listener. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, it is a three-part mini course that I have made. It's completely free. It's called um, Three Secrets, Three Biohacking Secrets to Optimize Your Sleep and Boost Your Energy. And in there, I dive into what I feel are the three most impactful things that have made a noticeable difference in my energy, how I feel, how I show up to my business and my life and my family. And they're really simple things that you can go and take action on that day to start waking up a lot more well-rested. And that's at tanessashears.com slash biohacking. Awesome. And we will have that link available for you guys. And I just want to point out like Tanessa has two young daughters. And so, you know, she has really biohacked the sleep. And so, and, and sharing things that even if you have young children running around that you can implement this. And I, so I just wanted to point that out there, right? Because, you know, you definitely know a thing or two, right? <laughs> I get that all the time. People are like, okay, try having kids. I was like, I have a two-year-old and an eight-month-old right now. <laughs> like, I get it. <laughs> it's, it is more difficult, but it is so doable. And it's it's setting yourself up for success, right? And working with what you have available. Something that you said there, Tanessa, that landed with me and taking taking into consideration, like if we do have maybe younger children that are waking up in the middle of the night, you get to take that into consideration with our bedtime, still ensuring that we're still getting that sleep. And that might be one of our wake periods, but just to be starting with that the night before to set ourselves up for the next day. And so, yeah, I want to thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom. And I am always learning so much from you. I invite you guys to follow Tanessa on Instagram as well, um, because she's always sharing some great biohacks and sleep hacks to really be able to optimize your sleep. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Unleashed Unstoppable podcast with your hosts, Alexander Carter and Cal Register. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review and subscribe. That's all for this episode, Wiley Ambitious Leaders. See you next week.